both night and day, day and night, Daddy, you deserve all the glory. You deserve all the honor. You deserve all the adoration. We thank you for another opportunity to gather using this platform to fellowship together, to study at your feet. Daddy, distance has never been any barrier. Through this gadget, we're going to send your word and let your word deliver, let your word heal, let your word save. Speak to us again tonight, dear Holy Spirit, so that at the end of the day, the name of our God will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Once again, brethren, you are welcomed to our Bible study. Uh, we will continue uh, the series, The Balanced Christian. And the topic we'll be considering tonight is the problems of poverty. The problems of poverty. Uh, the introduction. There have always been poor people in the world, even among Christians. So the question is, why should Christians ever be poor? What can be done so that no one is ever poor again? What is poverty? What causes it? Is poverty a friend or an enemy of a Christian? These and similar questions shall be answered as we study this series, the series, The Balanced Christian. However, some Christians have erroneously believed that rich people will not make it to heaven. Hence, they are appalled riches, they are appalled riches, and they now embrace poverty. How wrong! We as children of God are expected to live a balanced Christian life by enjoying the good life that our Lord Jesus purchased for us on the cross. Second uh, Corinthians 8 verse 9, Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So tonight we will continue our study the series, The Balanced Christian, and we consider this day what poverty brings about, the problems of poverty. Poverty is defined as a desperate shortage of spending power, and it also, it is not new, a new problem. It is also not a problem that can be solved easily unless we follow divine methods and principles. Remember, we are considering the problem of poverty, the problems of poverty. Now, let, let's go straight to the scripture. In Proverbs 
10 and verse 15. Our brother will be reading for us again. Proverbs 10 and verse 15. The rich man's wealth is a strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. What a statement from the scripture that the rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. So we want to see the difference between the rich and the strong city. What does the rich do in that strong city? And how does poverty cause a destruction to the poor? If you look at Matthew 26, verses 8 through to 12, Matthew 26, from verse 8 through to 12. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now even the disciples feel that using one's strong city, which is the riches of the rich people, or the wealth of the rich people, they feel using it to bless the Lord is a waste. The disciples, not the unbelievers, they felt so bad that this costly ointment could have been sold and used the money to support the poor. But Jesus Christ said, it is not a waste. Why are you troubling this woman? She did the ideal thing, preparing my body for the burial. So if one is not balanced as a Christian, you don't know when to support the gospel and when to support the poor. There are a lot of people that share what they're supposed to give to God through the church. They use it for other things, believing that, for instance, if they use their tithe to support the poor, to them, they are doing what is right. If they divide their offerings into parts, they feel that they are using their strong city, which is their wealth, to support humanity. But brethren, the problems of poverty must be viewed through the scripture. There is a place whereby you support the poor. There is a place whereby you support the work of the Lord. The disciples felt it was a waste to use their resources to do anything for the Lord. 
This woman did not pour it away. He used it to anoint the body of their Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. So what you do to support the gospel is not a waste. It says, bring ye all the tithes and all the offerings into my storehouse so that there will be meat in my house. So if you and I allow the church to go into poverty, if you allow the church to suffer penury, you are not using your wealth properly. There is a time to support the poor, and there is a time to provide meat in the house of God. If you look at Deuteronomy 15, 1 through to 11, Deuteronomy 15, from verse 1 through to 11. At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth ought unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, but that which is thine with thy brother, thine hand shall release. Save when there shall be no poor among you. For the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. Only if thou carefully hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day. For the Lord thy God blessed thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow. And thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thine hand wide open, wide, wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at end, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall be not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thy hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to the needy in thy land. This is an extensive reading. I deliberately allowed us to go through those 11 verses. You say, The poor shall not cease in the land that is in the land, the land, the land, the nations of the world, the earth, there will always be poor people. But he said, you know what? In the church, concerning your brother, concerning your sister, concerning my brother, concerning my sister, there shall not be any poor brother that goes wanting. You remember the disciples, the Bible says when they got born again, 
they brought everything to the apostles' feet, and they had all things common contributing to the needs of the brothers and the sisters. So Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 11 that we just read, is saying, listen, there will be a poor brother. There will be a poor sister. But as long as he has blessed you, it says you should make sure you care for that poor brother. We are talking about, okay, why do we have poor Christians? Why do we have poor Christians in the body of Christ? Where do we, why come we have poor Christians, poor people of God? Yes, the poor will always be in the land. But in the church, those of us that are strong financially, which will help the weak amongst us. We want to el 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 eliminate poverty in the church. You have a role to play, brother. You have a role to play, sister. You have a role to play. I have a role. We all have a role to play, to see to it that there is meat in the house. By the grace of God in heaven's glorious embassy, the last Sunday we contribute for the needy amongst us, but it has never been enough. We have to put our hands into all kinds of finances to make sure that the needy amongst us, those that are poor amongst us, we are talking about the problem of poverty. We should not allow the problem of poverty to overwhelm members of the church of God, particularly those that we know are in good standing for God. He says we should not, we should not allow it to happen we should contribute to the necessity of the poor amongst us. He says, if you do this, he said, he is going to bless, he is going to bless the works of your hands because you are meeting the need of the needy in our midst. Brethren, it is the work that you have to do. It is the work that I have to do. The poor will always be in the land. The poor will always be in the church. The needy will always be in the church. But we that are strong, we that are being blessed, we should not turn our eyes the other way. If we have to eliminate poverty from the body of Christ, if we have to minimize poverty in the body of Christ, we cannot look the other way. If we look at number two there, it says there are several examples of poverty in the Bible. Gideon, the widow of Zarephath, Apostle Paul, uh, but a few examples that we have to mention here on this platform. If you look at Judges chapter 6, Judges 6 and verse 15. And he said unto him, O oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Now, one thing we must also observe, that God is no respecter of persons. God is not going to use you because of the resources you have. Oh, brother A is, is rich, sister B, she is rich. But um, brother E, brother D, brother Z, uh, sister, no, they are not rich. So let me just lay them aside. Let me, no, 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 no. Nobody wants to be poor. But unfortunately, there will always be poor people around. 
So if God is not classifying you or you are not classified amongst the needy, the poor, that is exactly what happened here to, to Gideon. God came to him and said, great man of valor, I want to send you to deliver the children of Israel, the children of God from the hands of the Midianites. I'm going to use you. And Gideon said, excuse me, sir. I said, where? He said, though you, 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 there's, some, there's something not right here. There's a mistake here. He says, what? And he said unto him, sir, excuse me, sir. Just one comment. Oh, my Lord, you, 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 you missed out something. He said, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my, my family is poor in Manasseh. Not only is my family poor, in my family I am the least. And you know the end of the story. God still said, you know what? <laughs> you are the one I'm going to use. So your financial status has nothing to do with how God is going to use you. Anointing does not discriminate. You may be the wealthiest person in town. You may not have the anointing that those we classified as poor people have. So anointing does not rest upon the rich and abandon the poor. Even though there is problem concerning poverty, but that problem does not concern anointing. And I pray that we see things from that perspective. Because otherwise in church, we only want to fellowship with those that are rich to the detriment of those that are anointed and gifted, spiritual gift. They are rich spiritually. We must balance the equation. We must balance it. Yes, God will use the rich, not at the detriment of the, the so-called poor brethren. If he's going to use the rich, he's going to use the poor as well. We'll get into this um, this in a in a in a short while. If you look at First Kings, we are talking about examples of those that we are considered poor in the Scripture. If you look at First Kings chapter seventeen and verse number twelve, First Kings seventeen verse number twelve, and she said, "As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel." and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. This woman was so poor. <laughs> so poor that the meal she has, the last meal she has for herself and her son, two sticks, not even two woods, two sticks can cook it. <laughs> as, long, as soon as the two sticks catch fire, the meal is cooked. That is how tiny that meal was. But God knew she was that wretched. She was that poor. Yet, he sent his man of God to her. And this woman, at the end of the day, when Elijah said, you know what? Make for me first the meal that you and your son will be eating and ready to die, go make that same meal. The entirety of that meal, prepare it for me. Let me enjoy it first. Brothers, there is a time whereby what you have is not enough for you. What you have is not enough for your children. 
what you have is not even enough to sustain you. When that happens, to alleviate, to, to eliminate poverty from your life, that little meal, that little money becomes a seed that has to be sown. It becomes a seed that you have to plant. This meal was the last supper for this family. They want to eat and die. But Elijah said, this is not a meal. It is a seed. Sow it into my life. And this woman obeyed. You know the end of the story. For three and a half years that there was farming, this woman and her household enjoyed. They were enjoying, even in the midst of farming, because they sowed, they planted that little seed into the life of the man of God. So who actually needed help? Because at times, if care is not taken, you just feel that giving anything to the man or woman of God is a waste, like the disciples did when this woman anointed Jesus with a very precious ointment. At times we think doing the things of God in church is a waste. Uh, they will just, they will, they, they're just, it's just money, money. They're just eating my money. No, sir. It is a way by which God wants to take away poverty from his church. 2 Kings 4, verse 1. Now, there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bond men. They cried to Elisha, Thy servant, my husband, the prophet of God, the servant of God, living pure, living holy, yet he was in debt, yet he was owing. Remember what the scripture says, that there is a, a time of release. The bank may put interest upon that loan, upon that money you borrowed, to buy that house, to buy that car. Whatsoever it is, you had borrowed money to do from the bank, from the institution, from the banking institution, from the loaning institution, you are expected to pay it and with interest. But when it comes to God and to the people of God, when a brother borrows money from you, please don't add interest. It is called usury. When a brother borrows money from you to buy food, to, 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 to buy food for himself and his family, that money he borrowed from you if God is speaking to you that this is a time of release, please relieve and release that brother from that body. Let me tell you a story. When I used to be uh, do a, com uh, well, a commercial tailoring, you know, everybody just wanted to wear Divine John's 
outfit. That is Divine John is the, my business name. And some of these pastors, they can't afford the charges. There was a particular brother that he just couldn't afford it. I said, no problem. I do that. When it is business, I will charge you big time. But if I notice you cannot pay, at times I do pro bono. I just, I just buy the fabric, sew it, and say, take. So this brother said, well, just pastor, do it. Well, brother John, do it. And um, as time goes on, I will pay. And I did that. They collect one penny. But all of a sudden, I noticed that in the fellowship, I can see him hiding away from me. So I became a burden to him. I became a distraction to him. This is what I did. I called him one day. I said, you know, bro. Then we call ourselves, bro. I said, you know, you are supposed to pay for the suit I made for you. But beginning from this day, you owe me nothing. You are not owing me anything. And you can see the relief. You can see the, the, the joy. In fact, I can see the, the, the face of that brother now. It's many decades ago. The point here is if any brother borrows money to buy food, just to help himself, not to do business. <laughs> if the brother borrows money to do business, he has to pay it. That is a different thing completely. You understand? So let us do what we have to do to alleviate our brethren from poverty. This is a man of God that, bought, that was owing the creditor, and the creditor said, you know what? If you can't pay, though your husband is dead, if you can't pay, your two children will go for it. That is the world system, but that should not be the church system. Let those of us that are strong spiritually, strong financially, let us help the needy brethren. That's what the disciples of old did in Acts chapter 2. They said they had all things common. They brought all that they had, placed it in the apostles' feet, and saying, what? Let us be, I mean, this should not be an issue so that we can move the gospel forward. That's what the, first, the early church did. We in the 21st century, we should even do more because we have more. And when we do, God says, because you are doing that. You remember there's a scripture, I didn't put it here in our study. It said, he that lendeth to the poor actually lendeth unto the Lord, and the Lord will pay. <laughs> because the poor will always be in the land. So if you are there to support the poor, to help the poor, God says, you are actually helping me. And Jesus Christ said, when I was in need, when I was this, when I was poor, when I was in prison, when I was sick, when I was naked, he says, as long as you are doing it to the body of Christ, you are doing it. You are doing <clears> it for me. And you cannot lose your reward. God is it's God's, it's God's way. And we should not query it. How come we help the rich and the poor? That is, that is the irony of life. I pray that you will not be among the poor in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you look at Mark chapter 12, there's a very intriguing story there. Very intriguing. Mark chapter 12, let's look at verse 42 through to 44. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow had cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of our want did cast in all that she had, 
even all are living. I, I know it's, it's a familiar statement. Uh, when somebody gives you something little, you say, this is my widow's might. That cannot be true. The widow's might was her all. All. Those rich people, they were giving their little out of their riches. But the Bible says this woman, poor widow, she also wanted to give to God, but she only had what? She, she had very little. But the Bible called it there. It said this poor woman cast in more than all that casting into the treasury. Because what she did, she put in two mites, which makes a farthing. And Jesus Christ said she has given the best because she gave her all, even though it was little. She gave her all. And Jesus Christ said, this woman did the best thing. You know, it's not the abundance of your giving. It's not in the, in, 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 in the, in the hundreds of dollars, which of course, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars will help the gospel. But you don't wait until you have thousands before you begin to support the work of God, before you begin to support the poor amongst us. Those two mites, those fighting, those little, it adds up. So don't say, oh, wow, I could have given. And you, like I said, and it's a general statement, if you can't give when you have little, you will still cannot give when you have much. If you can't pay your tithes when you have little, when it is more, you, can st you still will not be able to pay it. I pray that God will help us. Just like we have the poor in the land, we also have the poor in the church. In the land, they suppress the poor. But in the church, we ought to support the poor. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 10, Paul was also emphasizing that point. Second Corinthians chapter mm. 6 and verse 10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. That was Paul's statement. So if you, if you may be poor in, in, in material things, but yet you can still make people rich in the anointing upon your life. Like I said, anointing is no respect of persons. Anointing will not be coming down and be selecting the rich amongst his people. No, when the Holy Ghost came down, it came down upon all. When the anointing comes down, it comes down upon all. When the gift of the Holy Spirit is being distributed, it's being distributed to all, not to a certain class. Because God is not a respecter of person because in god there is no difference there is no jew no 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 greek there is no 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 man no woman in christ we are equal christ is a leveler i pray that the god of heaven will help us so we can do what we have to do to proclaim the gospel of our lord jesus christ if you look at number three they say there are three categories of what causes poverty. So we have three categories of what we can say, this is, uh, these are the causes of poverty. Number one 
It could be personal courses. Number two, outside courses engineered by human forces. And number three, courses beyond the human realm. If you look at personal courses, which includes laziness, foolish, sp foolish spending, miserliness, and love of pleasure, the list can go on and on and on. If we look at Proverbs, Proverbs 20 and 13, Proverbs 20 and verse 13, let's hear what the Bible has to say. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Of course, we're not talking about daily sleep now. If you sleep in the night, and you sleep in the day. If you sleep in the night, and from the night, 10 a.m., 12 noon, you are still sleeping, then something is wrong with you. Poverty will be your bedfellow. It says, whosoever he is or she is that does not walk should not eat. So we're looking at personal causes of poverty that some people are actually poor because of what they are not doing for themselves. Some people are in penury today because of what they're supposed to do that they are not doing. I have said it times with that number, brethren, people of God. God has power to do all things. It was a slogan during our Shiloh program that unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you and I. But God in his awesomeness, in his almightiness, he will not do for you what you ought to do for yourself. He will provide the food, he will not cook it for you. He will provide the food when you cook it, you have to put it inside your mouth. No angel will come and put it inside your mouth. He will provide money to buy toothbrush and toothpaste. He is not going to come down to brush your mouth. He will provide the clothes for you. He's not going to come down to wear the clothes. He will provide the job. He will not go and do the job for you. <laughs> so some, some poverty measures must be look. You have to look within. What am I doing and what am I not doing? Am I slothful? Am I lazy? When they lay you off, what is the reason behind it? Don't hide in the cloak that, yeah, because I'm black. Or because I'm an accent. I told you nobody cares about your blackness. Nobody cares about your accent if you have something to offer. When you are doing your, your job and your business, your duty dutifully, and you are adding resources to your organization, there's no how they will you become an asset. So when we are talking about poverty, let us look at it from our own personal point of view. What am I doing and what am I not doing? The job they have given me to do, how am I doing it? How resourceful am I to my organization? How resourceful am I in the church of God? 
Poverty can be caused through personal causes, which includes laziness, laziness. So check out how you spend your time and the spirit of poverty will depart from you in Jesus' name. Proverbs 11, 24 through to 26. Proverbs 11 from verse 24 through to 26. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. The other problem that can cause poverty is what I call the miserliness. You know, very miserly. You know, very, very, very miserly. Nothing gets out of you. And the ocean or the river that just received and doesn't give out stinks. We are supposed to be like a pipe that flows water. We are supposed to be like a pipe that flows blessing. We are not supposed to be a reservoir that just keep, just keep. We have to receive and give out. He said there is that scattered. It's always giving, always giving, always giving. Yet, he has more to give. And there is that withhold it, the scripture says, and he tend to poverty. Listen, it's not the amount of money you have. It's the amount of money that helps. It's not the amount of money in the bank, but the amount of people that are rejoicing because you have touched their lives. So watch out. Are you just receiving, just receiving, just receiving? It may not be money alone. The Bible says when you ought to be teachers, you are still a student. When you're supposed to be chewing and cracking strong bones of the word of God, when you're supposed to be chewing the meat of the word of God, you are still drinking milk, and that milk has to be poured inside a feeding bottle. So you are not scattering you will tend to poverty. You will have spiritual poverty. You will suffer from constipation because you are only receiving, receiving. You are not giving out. Check your ways. Why are you redundant? Why are you stagnated? Are you just receiving and receiving and receiving? After some time, you will have no room to receive and you begin to suffer constipation. Personal causes of poverty include laziness, miserliness. Let's look at what Proverbs 21, verse 17 says. Proverbs 21 and verse 17. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. The other thing that can cause poverty when it has to do with personal causes is the love of pleasure. Do you know there are people who can charge their credit card just because they want to buy that dress to the party? Do you know that there are people that can go into 
<coughs> death because they just want to meet up? No, you don't have to do that. You, do, you are not under any obligation, sir. You are not under any obligation, ma, to attend anybody's party. Please get that. But now when you decide to go to that party, you are not under any obligation to wear what they want you to wear. <laughs> wear what you have. There are some of us, what, in fact, we, when we wear one dress once, the next thing is that, no, they, how can they see me uh, three months, four months, five months later? I see wear the same dress to another party. Uh, 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 it's not, no, no, no. <laughs> Nobody will arrest you. Let me be the one to tell you, you will not be arrested. God will not arrest you. Even Satan will not arrest you. The only problem is that you are the one arresting yourself. Lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. You are not under any obligation, sir, to attend all the parties. But if you have to attend it, wear what you have. There are some things you wore 2020. You have not worn it 2021. Wear it. Nobody will arrest you. If they laugh at you, that is their cuttle of tea. That is their business, not yours. Make sure it is clean, well ironed. Match it well. Even though you wore it last year, wear it again. It says, he, that Proverbs 21 verse 17, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. If you have to spend, spend because you can spend. I learned this from, from um, the church accountant, the Heaven's Glorious Embassy accountant. That is the when he was teaching us how to spend money. He said, there's nothing wrong for you to have a credit card, he told us then. But he said, when you charge it, charge it so that it will help your credit. Charge it, especially the reward one, the one that you can have reward as you spend it. But if you're going to charge $500, know that when the time to pay comes, you already have that $500 even before you charge the card. So that by the time to pay, you just pay off your $500. You are not owing them, but then you are earning points. He that loveth pleasure will become a poor person. Scrutinize how you spend your money. There is no how you will tend to poverty or a poor man if what you have to give, you are putting in upon the poor. If what you are spending is to propagate the gospel of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that are number one contributors in Heaven's Glorious Embassy. They are helping the needy. They are helping the word of God. They can never, you cannot say such a people, they are poor people. But when you are just using it, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. When God needs so much, you don't have. But when there is a party, you can go all out. The Bible says you will soon become a poor person. For he that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich, <laughs> shall not be rich, shall not be rich. Proverbs 23 and verse 21. Proverbs 23, 21. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Well, I, I, don't, want to spend, I don't want to spend so much time on this because it has become a very controversial issue. Say so yes, 
I can drink and not get drunk. That is going to be your business. But the Bible says, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. The question is, brother, when you drink alcohol, what do you really want to get out of it? That's just the question. I know it's not to quench your thirst. Mm, not because of the taste, but there's something in alcohol that all those who drink alcohol crave for. Makes you tipsy. You know, it makes you high. And the most high, the most high does not drink anything to make him high. We're talking about the most high God. <laughs> We're talking about the most high Jesus, the most high Holy Spirit. Be not among wine babbles, among rioters, eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. Do you eat to live or you live to eat? Because there are some of us, <laughs> the only time we don't eat is when we are sleeping. In fact, we even eat in our dreams. <laughs> Let us eat because we have to live, not live just to eat. Let us put into our body substance that will not make us drunk. You want to drink alcohol? I cannot stop you. But the Bible says, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. Proverbs 28, verse 19. If there is any question, please send it to the chat room, or you can just raise your hand when we get to that point so we can answer some questions as we round up our study tonight. Proverbs 28, verse 19. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. You know, there's a general saying, just show me your friends and I know who you are. Just your friends, that's all I just want to know. He said, he that tilleth the land shall have plenty of bread. So as you're giving to the poor, as you're giving to the work of God, you must also learn to put some money aside, save some money, invest wisely, check out stocks that are properly managed, not just buy stock, but properly managed ones. Buy properties, invest in properties, till the land, till the land. Nothing stops you from tilling the land. It says that when you till the land, you shall have plenty of bread. Have money for your tithe, for your offering. Have money and savings. Have money to spend. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Also till the ground. Till the ground. Check out uh, things you can, you, can, you, can, you can wisely invest in. Wisely. Wisely invest in. 
do your feasibility studies very well. Own a business that will run parallel to what you are doing now. <clears throat> but he that followeth after vain people or vain persons shall have poverty, plenty of it, enough poverty. No, you don't follow those that are not going to the same place with you. After all, the Englishman will say birds of the same feather, they flock together. Have you seen two types, two species of birds flocking together? It's not doable. It is, it is out of place. So birds of the same feather flock together. You don't flock together with people that are not doing the same thing. That's why the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You are a believer. You are a child of God. Move around. Do business with genuine children of God. Till the ground with genuine people of God. Invest with genuine people of God. Not with vain men. Men that don't have plans for themselves. Not to talk of have plans for you. Men that don't add value to themselves. Not to talk of adding value to you. We are talking about the problem of poverty. Acts chapter Oh, wow, we still have a lot of ground to cover. Wow. Uh, okay, let's, let's read that. Acts chapter 11, we'll just rush the rest because of our time. Acts 11, 29, uh, 28 through to 30. Acts 11, 28 through to 30. Very important. Please, let's just listen to this reading. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Okay, there was a draft, and they sent relief to the brethren. Um, the causes engineered by human forces include bad government, harsh employers, corrupt trading, robbery, wars, and the rest of it. These are um, poverty engineered by human forces. If you look at Isaiah, we just have to read through these ones now because of our time. Isaiah 3, 14, and... Um, and 15 isaiah 3 14 and 15. the lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people and the princes thereof for ye have eaten up the vineyard the spoil of the poor is in your houses what mean ye that ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor saith the lord god of hosts james chapter 5 and verse number four. We read this um, the last time, the last study, but let's read it again. James 5 from verse four. Behold, the ire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cry it. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. So what the Bible is saying that this person walked Bible says, if you don't walk, you can't eat. But this person walked. But the person he walked for or she walked for 
the person that employed her, that she worked for, refused to give her her wages, refused to give him his wages. So he became poor because his employer withheld his wages, his worth. He said, when that person cries, the Lord of Sabbath will hear, and that will not be a palatable reaction from God. Proverbs 22 and verse 16. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Luke 10, 30. Luke 10, 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Okay, we're looking at what come, come about poverty, helplessness, helplessness. Uh, we can see that robbery can cause aid. Now, causes beyond human realm include draft, diseases, God's anger, satanic meddling, and divine judgment. We know the story of 1 Kings 17, verse 7. 1 Kings 17, verse 7. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Because there was no rain in the land. And what causes that? Judgment. Acts 3, quickly, Acts 3, um, we will not read that. It has to do with the story of the man that was born lame. That was not his doing. That was something that happened that caused him to be a beggar. But if you look at Psalm 78, verse 47, Psalm 78 and verse 47. He destroyed their vines with ale and their sycamore trees with frost. Judgment from God. He, God, according to scriptures, he is the one that destroyed their vine with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. Be careful that God is not the one fighting you. Luke 13, 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Bondage from satanic mending into people's destiny. This woman was bound, bent low for 18 years. There's no how that woman can enjoy life. 1 Samuel 2, verse 7 and verse 8. 1 Samuel 2, verse 7 and 8. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he had set the world upon them. Children of the Most High God, as we conclude our study tonight, let us balance things out. Let's live a balanced Christian life.
Let us balance things out even as we continue our journey as people of God heading towards the kingdom of God. We have to balance ourselves out. We should not pursue after riches to the detriment of our relationship with God. And we should not be among those who will say, you know what? For me to make heaven, I have to live in penury. I have to be poor. I have to be begging. I have to be living a low standard life. That is still not a balanced Christian life. It says, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that even though he was rich, he became poor, so that you and I, through his poverty, can become rich. So it is God's desire that we live a balanced life, a life that is full of abundance. Proverbs 30. And anytime you read Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Solomon, somebody that has been there, he has done that, he has been there, he has done everything. And when the Holy Spirit is using him to talk to us, he himself knows what he's talking about. Look at what he said in Proverbs 30, verses 7 through to 8. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Mm. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Verse 9. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. That is... Solomon's speaking here. He said, you know what? I'm asking this. Please don't deny me this. I don't want the riches that will come upon me and I will say, who are you, Lord? And I don't want the poverty that will come upon me and I will steal and I, I'll put your name in vain. People will begin to talk ill about you. So what is uh, the, uh, the writer of Proverbs verse 30 from verse 7 through to 9 saying, he said, just give me what I need, not what I want. Give me what I need to meet my needs, the needs of my wife and children, to meet the needs in the church, to meet the needs of the needy. Give me sufficient blessing that will just keep me going. I don't want to be so rich that I will kick against your will. And I don't want to be so poor that I'll begin to live a low standard life to the point that I'm now stealing. When I still I bring your name, I bring reproach to your name. Just give me what I need to live a glorified life. That is all we need in life. Not amassing wealth, amassing wealth that you cannot spend, you cannot finish spending it. Your children's children, you are just amassing it. I was told, I don't know how true, but I've seen the pictures that there's some government official that when you break through their homes, the kind of currency, creeps currency in their homes, not just their local currency, foreign currencies loaded in their homes. Poverty has caused a lot of problems, both physically, spiritually, socially. It has caused increase in crimes. People just want to commit crime just to amass wealth. Poverty is an enemy. I mean, it has caused 
increase in crimes, sicknesses, mental distress, just name it. Therefore, poverty is an enemy, and it must not be accommodated, tolerated. You can be rich and still make it to heaven, and you can be poor and still miss heaven. It's what you do with your wealth, with your prosperity, that determines where you will spend your eternity. Since God wants us to prosper, according to 3 John, the only chapter there, verse 2, there is no reason why we should be satisfied with anything less than true prosperity. But how do we handle prosperity and its evil greed? This question will be answered in our next study by the grace of God. God bless you and remain blessed. Um, as we round up now, we have about 10 minutes. Is there any question? Any question from our, from our brethren? Any question? We have uh, two questions in the uh, chat room. The first okay. one says, is borrowing to a brethren a way of helping the poor or is it only just giving? Um, the Holy Spirit will direct you. You know, the Holy Spirit will direct you. If the brother says, hey, you know what? I want to borrow so much from you and I'll pay back so, so time. If the Holy Spirit is reading you that way, there's nothing wrong with it. But if God is really, really bless you and the person say, you know what? I, I just need $100 to do so much. I need $1,000 to add to my rent or to my deeds. So I, I just need it and I'll pay you back um, as soon as I'm able. If you're in that position to say, you know what? Yeah, I cannot, I cannot lend you $1,000. I don't have it, but I can, I can give you half of that. This is not, I'm not lending this. It's not a borrow, borrow thing. This is what I can give to you to help you. If you can do that, that would be the best. But if you are not led to go that route, if he says he's going to give you, yeah, he's borrowing $1,000, I will give you at the end of the month. At the end of the month, he didn't give you a month gone, two months gone, three months gone. Don't let that be a, don't let it be a problem to this brother. Because if he didn't give it to you the end of the month, a month had come and gone, two months come and gone, and you did not die, you are still able to meet your needs. I think if, if you will ask from me, I will just say that, brother, you know what? Please don't let this be something that will bring problem. You are my brother. We are brethren. I bless you with it. I sow it into your life. That will be more blessed. It will, it will, it will have more blessing to it. But like I said, if that is what you are led to do to to lend him that amount of money and um, he's going to give it back to you and he, he brought it, so be it. I hope I answered it well. The second question says, is there a difference between the needy and the poor? He says, I think a, pers a poor person can be someone who does not have much. 
but is not needy. Well, I there's a there's a slight difference. I will not even use the word there. There's a, a glaring difference. Um, you 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 may not be poor, and yet you are a needy person. And there are there is no human being on earth that is not needy. There's no one person. It doesn't matter how rich you are. There's something you still need. And it's not that you are just you are not greedy, you are not covetous. It's not that you need something that money cannot give to you. For instance, somebody that needs children. Most times they don't they, 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 they don't have children. The reason is not because they are poor, it's just that the children are, are not just coming. So you may say that person is not poor, but is needy. So can you meet such a need? Yes, in the place of prayer. So that need becomes your own need. If it is money, you can, you can meet up that. But what money cannot buy that your fellow brother or sister is in need of, then it becomes your need. That's why you now begin to pray. You empathize your concern. You put yourself in that brother's shoes, that sister's shoes. And that's why I told us my primary, among other things that I pray for, every time I'm in my prayer room, those that are trusting God for the fruit of the womb, those that are trusting God for marriages, and those that are not feeling well. You're not feeling well. It's not because you're poor, but you're not just feeling well. You're not married. It's not because really because you're poor. You don't have children. It's not because you're poor. It's just a need. So there is a demarcating line between being a poor person and a needy person. Uh, a poor person needs a lot of things. In fact, that's why he's poor. He, he just he's, he needs everything. But the needy may not necessarily be a poor person. So that's how I think I, I, the little knowledge I have to answer that question. Praise Allah, sir. Hallelujah. Please, uh, I just want to know uh, some churches. The pastor will say the congregation should come and empty their pots in the altar for God to bless them. Say, God, we multiply whatever they drop on the altar. Is that means of uh, making people rich, sir? Hmm. That is, uh, Mommy Dockers, you always have some technical questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know this is born out of experience. Usually I don't castigate men of God that, that do that if, if it's not to exploit people. It's not to give uh, people false promises you know otherwise one may become a cheat if you just to you just want to explore people you just want to exploit people that is the right word it's not it's not necessarily because uh, the holy spirit is leading the holy spirit can lead and say hey come let's come up to do this because we want to do this 
uh, the, the point, uh, the, the case in point is when the founder of Redeemed Christian Church of God told his ministers that there is a unique need that they have to meet, and he asked them to go to the bank and every penny they have there, they should withdraw it and bring it the following Monday because there is a need to be met. And as God will have it, the only one that did it is the general overseer today. And God has been blessing him mightily. So there's a time a need comes in like that. You know, it's like when we're building the children's department, we, we, we came up. In fact, when we're building the Heaven's Glorious Embassy where we are now, we came up with uh, so-so family do so much, so-so person do so much. And even our extension, presently extension that we just completed, we also say, hey, uh, do so much, do so much, and do so much. So there are some projects based on scripture. There was a time Moses was building the temple and he told them to bring uh, everything to the church, and at the end of the day, they brought so much that it was Moses that was saying, you know what, it's enough, we have enough. So there's a time one can do that, but if it's just to exploit people, um, I, I don't encourage it. But if there is a need in the church, uh, one can present it to the body of Christ and say, hey, there is a need if we can come up with so much so that we can meet this need. But you know what, Ma? If only we can play our part, if every member of, especially our church, the Evans Glorious Embassy, if every member, and we don't have few members in Evans Glorious Embassy by the grace of God, if every member will pay their tithes, everyone pays his tithe or her tithe, that tithe could be $50, it could be $100, it could be 1000 it could be more, and we give our offerings generously, and we, do, we, we bring in our, we, our, our vows, and we also support the needy. Every last Sunday, we're saying, let's support. If we can do that, that's what God said, so that there will be meat in my house. It's the absence of that that causes some pastors that are actually genuine to say, okay, let's do something and let's do that so at least the church of God can move forward. But exploitation, using gimmicks, um, that one I am not. I'm not for that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God bless you, man. <laughs> All right. In the absence, is there any other question? No, sir. Okay. Thank you so very much for being part of this. I want you to unmute your mics now and let's just give God praise. We are talking about the problems of poverty. Let's give God praise and just say, Father, I thank you that you have helped me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, great God, thank for using me Father. to help Thank you, great God, for using me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. 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 Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for helping me, Father. Thank you for 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 Thank 